You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hi, and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I'm Erin McCart. And I'm Erin McCart. Hello, everyone. Welcome back this week as we get to talk about a cult again. One of my favorite <laughs> topics. And a good one at that because this one is a recent cult, an active cult. Active, even. yes. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different perspective. It's almost scary, right? Yeah. I mean, it's because it is active. So people are still invested in this. And so we just have to sit and wait for it to fall apart, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's just, it's fascinating, though, because you would think people would figure this out by now. The cults are a thing, and they're out there, and you are susceptible, doesn't matter your age, your income, the how smart you are. It just, you know, it hits the right nerve in you, and I think, you know, it starts off slow and, and s- small, and then it kind of ramps up, but you're already invested and it's hard to cut your losses in these situations. It's like a shitty relationship. Like you get love bombed in the beginning and it's great. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, the dude keeps borrowing money or whatever. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's, you know, it's not going well, but you can't really see a way out. So, right. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. This one is a particularly nefarious cult, in my opinion, because they really prey upon people who are desperate, which all cults kind of do, all religion kind of does, but this is a universal need and want. So this week we're talking about desperately seeking soulmate, escaping Twin Flames universe. This was 2023, Amazon Prime. It's three episodes, but about two hours and 15 minutes total, so it's still a manageable watch directed by Marina Zenovich. And when I looked her up, her name and picture looked really familiar, but I couldn't see anything on her list of stuff that looked really familiar. So I don't know. So okay. So no credits that would be rep, you know, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Of note, at least yeah. to, to us. Mm-hmm. But this <laughs> cult essentially promises true love. And as humans, we seek that, we want that, we want that other person. We watch so many movies and shows and read books about it, especially women. So they promise the fantasy. Right. There's supposedly an epidemic of loneliness. I think we are currently hearing about it from the perspective of men are lonely and isn't it hard? And women should be more like submissive I don't know there's a whole to do about it but mm-hmm. women are also finding it hard to locate decent partners so you get online you poke around a little bit I mean there are a lot of dating sites and I think this probably presents that way in the beginning and then you get sucked in to the twin flames universe yeah mm-hmm. so If we go back a little bit, Twin Flames has been around for a while. The idea of Twin Flames. And they describe it, essentially, it sounds like your soulmate. But if you ask these people, like, it's so different. It's so much more. I'm not sure how much more. But it's a 
high level spiritual love connection. And when I looked it up, a lot of people say the original idea of Twin Flames wasn't necessarily romantic. It was just like a real deep connection with someone. Like I've had friends that I felt were like were my soulmate. I, I didn't want a romantic relationship with them, but I felt like they were a piece of me. So I understand that. But they've taken it in this uh, movement. I won't label it. They've taken it to mean only romantic partnership. And it's it's the other half of your soul. How is that not a soulmate? But okay, it's the other half of your soul. Right. And this is an ultimate lover. This is a best friend. This is someone you're fated to belong to. I don't know a better word for that. There's a God factor in here. Like this is a, a destined, although I don't always think of like God and destiny going together, but you know, whatever. But I think it's fascinating that that even that to say that it's your best friend and your ultimate lover, you don't have to have one person in your life. You can have more than one person to fulfill those roles. Yes. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) But that to me is the fantasy right there, mm-hmm. um, that there's one person that's going to complete you. Right. And in one part in this, they talk about this is someone that you have met and been with over and over and over throughout multiple lifetimes. Right. And so you just know them. Keep that in mind as we're talking about <laughs> some of these so-called twin flames but yeah they're like totally you you know each other you'd see it you'd know it immediately by that logic both parties should know it and feel it immediately I'm just going to put that out there I do love the fact that a lot of this twin flames soulmates stuff is really conveniently geographically located well for this they had people all over the world mm-hmm But I just think it's funny, like, you've met this person. And I'm like, well, that's convenient. There's, like, what, 8 billion people in the world or something? Like, the guy down the street happens to be my twin flame? That's... That is convenient, Is that part of God's plan? I don't know. Yeah. Of course it is. This is me poking holes in things because I'm a terrible person and I just believe in nothing, I guess. I poked holes throughout. It was just, like, seriously? Mm -hmm. Seriously. So... Twin Flames universe, what we're talking about in this podcast and documentary, podcast about this documentary, anyway, is run by two people who are, in fact, Twin Flames. It's Jeff, uh, I can't remember his last name, Ian, I think. Ian. Yeah. Ian. I don't know. It's There are so many vowels. Yes. And Shalea. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily, I don't think, give her a new last name. Did she choose a new last name and she chose a new first name? I don't know. I didn't catch that. No. Just Jeff and Shalea. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot to write. So I started referring to them as Ruse, which is short for gurus because they figured they were gurus. So I just call them the Ruse guys. So if I say the Ruse, mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about because it's just too much to say it. Jeff and Shalea all the time. So. These cats didn't meet until mid-20s or so. Jeff grew up in Michigan. We talked to some of his friends from school, and they were like, he was really gregarious. He was 
like everyone wanted to be around him because he was so fun and outgoing and made you feel like you wanted to be in that universe. Mm-hmm. Always a good trait for a cult leader. So, and we find out Shalea's real name is Megan. And her, her background's a little more complicated, but she, she started in Canada, right? So I'm a little disappointed in Canada for turning this one out, but that's all right. <laughs> What's funny to me about like Jeff's friends is one of his friends said he didn't know what he wanted to do for a living, but he knew the lifestyle he wanted to live. And he knew mm-hmm. he wanted to have a lot of money with very little effort. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want a lot of money with very little effort? Yeah, he had a mind that he was going to run a business and it didn't, he didn't seem to have an idea of what kind of business, just a successful business. And that just screams high school kid to me, like, doesn't matter what I touch, it's going to turn it to gold. And I'm like, is it though? (laughs) (laughs) If it was just that easy, we would all do it. So Mm -hmm. yeah. After college, and they don't say what he went to college for. I think business. I think he went to college for business, which is I think he has a degree. Yeah. Yeah. It's vague. Mm -hmm. But he decided to move to Hawaii. And I love this part because they talk about how he started a travel blog called Ender's Adventures because he loved Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card, which is great. I love me a good fantasy Mm -hmm. or sci-fi. And then he changed his name. He kept changing his name. So it went from Jeffrey A.N., to Jeffrey Anethos. And then a couple months later, it was Ender Anethos. And then later, his one true name given by the Divine Mother became Shafir Anethos. <sighs> Too much. I know. I guess you got to be careful if you move to Hawaii. You get all kinds of like good vibes and like. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he wanted to mm-hmm. be a life coach at like 25. What does a 25-year-old know that they can coach others on their life? Nothing. But confidence, we have talked about many times, is really what sells this. Mm -hmm. And I agree. And even his friends in the documentary are like, hard to get behind that. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, Yeah. Adorable. Yep. Uh, Shalea, like I said, was born Megan Plant in Canada. And someone said, as a spiritual person, she was looking for a more true identity than the one given to her by her parents. And I thought, well, your parents give you an identity, but you veer away from that real quick, in my opinion. I, like, took off in my teens. It was way off. Yeah, there's less said about her background. I just have the feeling that Jeff was just a bigger character, and it was probably easier to find people to talk about him. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it just seemed a little bit um, unbalanced. But they don't necessarily talk to anybody in Jeff's family, but they do talk to Megan's dad. Mm-hmm. And I find it very interesting some of the things that he had to say versus some of the things her friends had to say, which is, I don't know, kind of telling, I think. I think so. Her dad said they were Catholic when she was growing up. That Shalaya's mother was very Catholic, a devout Catholic. And in the next sentence, he said, and then they got divorced. And I'm like, what? (laughs) 
I didn't think Catholics were allowed to get Maybe that Catholic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do I know? Anyway, so he moved to America. She was about 10 when they got divorced, and he moved when she was about 12. And then about 15, her mom died from cancer, and she moved in with her dad. So that's a lot of trauma in a short period of time. Absolutely get it. You know, her friends talk about her being very sweet and innocent. Her dad doesn't so much. I mean, she was a nice kid growing up, but I don't think he has any delusions as to who she is now, which is interesting to me. So Jeff and Shalea met online through a mutual friend and started dating. So they're not really clear about this, but it sounds like they started dating like long distance online before they even meet. And then he decides to go up and see her in Sedona. And they start making videos. That's that's the beginning of all of this. They start making videos about the relationship. Right. Because the interwe- interwebs plays a big part in this. And it seems that there's no building of their relationship. Like they met. They met in person. And all of a sudden, this thing takes off. It was absolutely love at first sight. It was an immediate connection, Aaron. That's how twin flames work. Duh. Right, right, right. And we know that Shalea is the, I don't know, catalyst for the twin flames theology, I'm going to call it. But Jeff has that business piece. So you put them together and that's how we end up with Twin Flames Universe, Mm -hmm. which is basically their online business. Yeah, because Shalea had talked about becoming aware of Twin Flames, like online and videos before she met Jeff. So she brought this entire notion to him. And he seems like the type of person that learns something and then it becomes his entire identity. That's it. That's who he is now. You know what I mean? I do. And we do get a couple references to Twin Flames in popular media, right? There's a couple of celebrities that are like, oh, this is my Twin Flame and blah, 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 because it's buzzy and catchy. And that's what young celebrities are known for. Um, I said as a grizzled old lady of 45. (laughs) Right. Right. So... I think that terminology is getting out there and that probably helped with some of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure. Cause of course, like most things it started slow and then grew over time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm sure absolutely. Once like Megan Fox and machine gun Kelly were like, this is my twin flame. Then people started searching for it. And that's when you find the universe as it were. Also they have a, they don't have a real smooth relationship, right? That's okay. That's what my impression was. I was like, not, I don't feel like that's a great example, <laughs> example of what to follow, but what do I know? Again, I'm only a grizzled woman of 45. So it's that immediate. I don't know. I, I think the fact that you're like immediately like, this is it. And it's just this all encompassing. This is your life thing from day one. You don't have a chance to build anything. What happens when something goes wrong? Do you know how to deal with it? Do you know how to communicate? I don't, it's just so weird to me that all you're looking for is just really great sex, essentially. And that'll solve all the problems. Which is not what they say, but it's kind of what it sounds like. I wonder how much like having enough money to 
get out of a lot of situations, like they're probably not having to worry about how they're going to keep the lights on. Right. That's helpful. That's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that money's everything, but it does give you the choices to like leave a bad relationship. So. Mm. Yeah. I saw something the other day that said, Oprah explains how she lives life without anxiety. And someone commented, having a billion dollars helps. I'm like, yeah, it probably does. I would think so. Jesus. (laughs) Anyway. So they end up moving in together in Hawaii and they start a blog called Awakening Intimacy and they're talking about their sex lives and how their amazing sex life is manifesting good things outside of the bedroom as well. Like the way he described it made it sound like a cartoon, like they were mid coitus and Woodland creatures would be outside the door. I don't know. It's just so weird. Well, she talks about the first time they boned, she cried for 30 to 60 minutes. And I was like, oh, I'm out. I I know. I'm assuming she cried because it was so disappointing, but she didn't say that. (laughs) Well, 30 or 60 minutes is plenty of time for you to go get some chocolate and like, glass of wine make try it better to yeah repress that yeah like um <laughs> but it's again it's sold to you as like this is the real deal this is what you should be expecting this is connection and i'm like i would be i don't even like women but i would be so annoyed with a partner who just cried for an hour after we boned the first time like traumas aside perhaps but Oh, I was just like, oh, God. And to hear people talking about that, ew. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I probably just would have fallen asleep and been like, all right, well, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I'm horrible. So they are making initial videos, though. And besides creeping us all out with their stories of boning and how, like, I don't know, expansive it is. How do you get back with an ex? Or maybe makeup looks and I'm like from what they demonstrated in the videos here I'm just gonna say don't follow any of that it was very disjointed in the makeup department so yeah they didn't focus on that here that's for sure but right right but that's sort of where they start to cut their teeth right just a little bit of dabbling until they kind of found Mm -hmm. their niche perhaps yeah Right. And it's just YouTube videos, right? They're just putting stuff on YouTube, hoping people follow them. It gets to the point where they're like, so it's not just matchmaking. They're not matchmaking initially, but they do promise if you follow these tips and tricks and soon classes and you put in the work that they guarantee a harmonious union, which is their coined term for their twin flame thing they guarantee it that's a bold statement on love that just blows my mind that they're like yes we absolutely can not like we'll help you become better because I feel like that's kind of how it started is people are just wanting to better themselves because if you can heal yourself and you can be better then you will attract better quality partners in theory right right so how convenient would it be if you could just follow a formula and find your person? And I think that's part of the attraction too, because maybe a a relationship that you've cared about fell apart. You were unclear on why. 
So to me, that kind of feeds into the piece you were talking about, like maybe somebody's desperate. Maybe somebody's feeling really down because I don't think like a person in a great state of mind is like, well, how do I find love? Like, how is it done? Like you're asking those questions in a moment of vulnerability and if somebody's guaranteeing you, if you just follow these simple 20 steps, <laughs> you'll get there. Um, I can imagine how that would be attractive to folks. Yeah. And I think it starts off innocent enough, much like Nexium. Like, we're just going to help you improve yourself. You know, it's a business to help you self-improvement, you know, life coaching type bullshit. And then it turns into something less innocuous. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the people we meet that were part of this universe. A lot of this documentary comes from a person named Alice Hines. She's actually a journalist researching. So she's the one who gives us a lot of the data and information that we are receiving in this documentary. We have Lorraine, who was a former member from London. Arcelia is also a former member. She's living in the middle of New York State, some small podunk town. And I'm going to apologize up front because Arcelia, I'm going to forget your name. I'm going to try to remember it, but they don't continuously put it on the screen. And so I had to continuously look for it in my notes. And so I hope I get it right every time. Might be written wrong. (laughs) We have Carly. Um, So Carly is 24, 25 when she first finds out about Twin Flames. And again, that's pretty consistent for all of these folks. They're all young seekers, um, possibly disillusioned because, you know, they're out on their own and their shit hasn't fallen together quite right. But there's a lot of romance books and rom-coms that make it sound really easy. So she, again, falls into this universe at that age. One of my favorite couples is Katrina and Anne. They talk to them separately, but both former members, they end up being almost a keystone in the twin flames universe. Right. So Katrina and Anne met when they were both in college in 1997-ish. They had a deep connection, but they never never pursued it more than just a friendship. Both thought about coming out, but realized how difficult it would be at that time and then chose not to. But they stayed connected over the next 20 years. They both got married in heterosexual relationships and had kids. And... When Katrina was pregnant with her second child, um, essentially Anne called and just told her how she felt. Was like, well, I just can't, I just can't pretend anymore. And so they talked about it. Anne went online and was looking, I think probably more for some therapy than anything or some kind of help, right? How do we deal with this? And she stumbled across the ruse. Also, the ruse sounds like it's a ruse. (laughs) And I think both are applicable. So good on (laughs) you. Anyway, I think the fascinating part about Katrina and Anne's story is they really blew up their lives to be together. Like Katrina left a marriage. I don't think Anne was married at the time. But I mean, formerly, it's like one of those dramatic things that 
I don't know, sometimes you see that would have been juicy gossip in their different circles, right? So they obviously are moving in together. They're having a lesbian relationship at this point. They're blending households and children and all kinds of stuff. They do speak about having left jobs. And that made me sweaty because the financial instability would have made me, that would have made a hard choice, I think, for me. So love be damned Mm -hmm. if I can't get my Starbies on the regular. So that's probably why I would not fit in here. But nonetheless. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to learn more about how they, because they were both unemployed. And I would love to understand why or how that came to be because they don't talk about what they do for a living or anything like that. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But it was very difficult for them. And so Anne finds the ruse and she makes an appointment she schedules some FaceTime with them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And of course the ruse say that Anne and Katrina are twin flames would have been really awkward if it weren't right. If they're like, Oh no, this isn't the right match for you. It is interesting to hear them describe twin flames because I think we do understand what the concept is of meeting somebody and just Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, they get me. This is so easy. It feels so good. Blah, blah, blah. Which helps you buy in. Like it's just a confirmation bias of the highest order to be like, oh yeah, this is why. A little bit more difficult when your twin flame is not receptive. Yeah. And what is their... What is your advice for that? So say you had a breakup and you're like, you were on mm-hmm. the end of the breakup. Mm-hmm. The other person broke up with you and you're still really hung up on them. This seems to be the case for a lot of people coming into this twin flames universe. And they still feel really connected to this person. They don't understand. They want to know why this person doesn't want to be with them and what they should do. So what is the advice from the ruse? Well, you got to claim your twin flame, okay? You can't just like mm-hmm. go quietly into that good night. You shouldn't just find a way to, you know, accept what has happened, which would be my advice. Mm-hmm. They've made it clear they don't want to be together. You don't waste your time anymore. Yes. That's Aaron's guru advice. These cats are telling you um, it doesn't matter. You need to pursue them. You need to make your interests like known. I- to a creepy degree, uh, the encouragement that members are given to heavily and aggressively, and that is a word that is said fairly consistently, aggressively pursue someone who's not open to this is the name of the game. Because the only reason that you're not together is because you're not trying hard enough. (sighs) Yes. So see previous comment about if it is the other half of your soul, would you both recognize that? I love. I would love to hear their explanation why the other person doesn't. They just say their their pseudo explanation is the fact that in every relationship you have a pusher and a puller, or a chaser and a runner, which you should not have a runner in a relationship. I'm going to put that out there. And all of these people end up being the chasers, and so you have to chase, and they're going to run. And that to me is the worst fucking advice ever well they kind of accentuate this in the documentary as we meet marie sophie a former member she's a single looking for love in amsterdam she meets a guy is it an actual relationship or not we don't really understand that 
um, from context here. She's really into him. He may or may not be into her. I don't know if they're sleeping together or whatever, but she comes on screen. She's talking in one of these taped Ascension, Ascension classes. And she's really upset because this man is having a second kid with his girlfriend. And she was like, I was just really shaken because, you know, I've met him and he's my twin flame. Why is he still pursuing relationship with this other woman? And they're like, well, how long have they been together? And she's like 14 years. And they're like, just spinning these off the wall rationales like well what's happened is you've scared him with your level of intimacy and your presentation of you know what could be and so he's running into the arms of this other woman and that's what it is obviously and I just was I know my face I had a weird face when I was watching that because I was like this doesn't make any fucking sense so they're still encouraging her to pursue him even though again he's made it known how he feels by his actions Right. And let's put it in perspective. This man could have been cheating on this woman. He could have been having a relationship with Marie Sophie. We don't know. We don't know his side of it. Right. We have no idea. Mm -mm. But they do this consistently. There are others. um, Arcelia is one. She comes on. She lives in the middle of nowhere. She works at a gas station. And she has a customer that comes in all the time and she's attracted to him. Now this customer is, I called him the cowboy because I didn't know anything about him. Um, but he's very conservative, raised conservative and her is a trans woman. And so she should, she feels like she should not be attracted to someone like that. Like you can't control that. Um, and then, you know, she's texting him, pursuing him because he's flirting in a non-verbal way. And I'm like, so not flirting. So is he just being nice to you? Is that I had, I really liked Arcelia, but there are a couple things that she said that really bothered me. At one point she said, if he would have gotten out of his my, if he just would have been the person he's supposed to be and not trying to pretend to be this other person, this conservative person. And I'm like, as a trans woman, ma'am, how are you going to tell someone else what they're supposed to be? Right. I will say there's a there's a segment of the population who doesn't understand when people are flirting with you. And I have found myself in that from time to time. So I can understand that sometimes there's confusion between like, is this a thing? Is this not a thing? And of course, when she takes it to class, they're like, oh, my God, you found the one, you know. And I thought the hesitation kind of from her was I shouldn't like a man who's probably not going to be receptive because he's a conservative douchebag right to the fact that she's a lovely trans woman Mm -hmm. so I still didn't like that comment of he should just be who he is yeah there it was weird to tell him who he is though she seems lovely so I would like to think it's an editing issue (laughs) but who knows I mean I think I think a lot of it is she seems fairly young as well so that's that's a younger person I I don't know it, it just sometimes people just don't think and it's okay. Yeah. There's another story of a young lady named Brianna. She's in Boston, Massachusetts. She is a current member at the time of taping. Let's say that. Um, her story is basically told by her mom, who is Lynn and her aunts. And I did not get their names. So seems to be a lovely family, uh, supportive of Brianna. She's 
discussed as being very musically gifted. She's, you know, just a happy-go-lucky person who finds herself eventually ensnared in the tangled web that is Twin Flames universe. And from the perspective of her family, they're saying, well, you know, she's searching for something. She's looking like maybe she's broken. She needs to be fixed. She landed here. They're starting to tell her things like, well, you met your twin flame in college and you can't get over him. And so we see Brianna on video saying, well, I'm going to go take the week off work and go get an Airbnb somewhere where I think he might be. So that's the kind of level that she's being encouraged to pursue him in this way. Like you don't know where he lives or really anything at all about him other than what you knew back in school. And it's really painful to see some of that, like how her personality changed and she cut off ties from her folks and her family because they weren't necessarily as receptive as she was hoping that they would be, mm-hmm. which is really scary. Right. And Alice tells us there's a lot of, there are a lot of members who openly talk about on, in like the Facebook group and that, who talk about being blocked or some of them got brought up on, like they got restraining orders put against them. One girl went to jail because she violated a restraining order. They got stalking charges or this, this isn't good. You're essentially telling people to break the law. Right. And when asked about it, Jeff is like, absolutely not. I would never. Well, I mean, we've mentioned the business part of this, but let's go back and say that part of it really kicks in as they transition. I think the Facebook part is still always a thing. Yes. But there's also the Ascension classes, which they begin. Mm -hmm. And I have beef number one because Jeff always calls it a juicy class. Like, not once, not 12 times, but like every time it's ever been started, he calls it a juicy class. I'm like, right there, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So we hear about, it's about $200 a month mm-hmm. for the classes. And again, it doesn't matter. There's not like a sliding scale. So like if you're broke, you can still participate. It's just like, we need this money. You need to buy access to the library of classes. So that's how we see it, which is kind of convenient that they mm-hmm. recorded all this stuff. But it's like a big group therapy session run by inconsiderate and insensitive douchebags. Who have zero qualifications to do any kind of therapy. Yes. And so at this point, you're kind of checking in with people and seeing how they're doing. And several of the people that we talked to say it really started off and I felt very supported and very welcomed. And I was working through some stuff. Um, My self-confidence initially rebounded a little bit. But then there's a lot of footage of Jeff just tearing into people for not being assertive enough and not being aggressive enough. And don't you want it? And all -hmm. of this kind of stuff, which is very difficult to watch because people are crying and then he's making fun of them. And, oh, I'm so mad. Right. And you see classic cult maneuvers blaming the person for any problem that they have. If they say they're upset because someone, say someone rejected them, if someone rejected them, then they're supposed to do what they call the mirror exercise. And the mirror exercise has been used for a lot of years by a lot of weird people. 
And essentially it's saying you identify the problem. So Brad rejected me and I'm upset. And then you have to change all the pronouns and nouns to make it point back at you and be like, I rejected me. So I'm upset. And then you got to love yourself. Okay. That's not solving the problem. That's just victim blaming to a certain extent. <laughs> the entire yeah. Time. I mean, it's probably, I could see where this would be a helpful exercise. If you were trying to instill in somebody that you have control over aspects of your life, right? There are people who truly feel like everything that happens to them, they had no part of. So to get them to take some responsibility. Okay. But this was more framed as a controlling technique. You were supposed to go to the mirror anytime, basically that you disagreed with the teachings or Jeff, or you spoke out against him or whatever, like you were a toddler. So yeah, it's not good. It's not. So, so the beginning of the business, they have these classes, they're doing a lot of recordings, they start putting it behind a paywall. I think originally they were giving them away for free, obviously. And then they put it behind a paywall, you have to pay for it. And that's somewhat limited. So they decide to build in a coaching program. Now, this screams pyramid scheme, right? MLM. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they asked their star couple first, um, Anne and, oh, what's her name? Katrina. Katrina. Thank you. If they wanted to be coaches, because they are, they have harmonious union. They are what everyone else is working toward. And they're literally the only couple that has this. Right. They're the currently. They're kind of the flagship, right? The whole thing has to be yeah. based on, look, it, it, whatever hundreds of people or whatever, we've got one successful harmonious union. So to leverage that, mm-hmm. they approach them about coaching. A, har- a harmonious union that happened before they even got involved with Twin Flames <laughs> Union, I'll point out. But that's Indeed. beside the point. So it's actually a good deal for Katrina and Anne because they don't have an income. They need an income. They have like five kids together. And so the way it works is you hold your own coaching sessions with people like the Brews do, and you get to keep all the money from it. But you're also supposed to recruit other coaches. And when those coaches sign on to become coaches, they have to purchase like all the programs, which is like two grand or several thousand dollars. And that money goes directly to the ruse. So that's how they're continuing to make more money and grow the business. Right. I think this was effective because we do get some figures later from Alice that talks about how big, like kind of where Twin Flames started and where they ended up. And I think that would not have been possible if we didn't kind of branch out from the gurus themselves. Because you can only have so many people on a Zoom call, as we found out, right, over the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of interesting. I think what's frustrating to me is you see him... Jeff actively trying to force people into the coaching program. They show a session between the ruse and a couple and they're talking to the couple and they're talking to one of them and they're like, what's your dream? What do you, what do you want to do? And this person's like, I just want to be on stage. I love to act. I love to sing. I have a natural gift. And I, every minute of the day, I just want to be on stage. I want to be able to do that. And they're like, "Hmm, when you said that you didn't look ingenuous, you know, you don't really want to do that. You want to be a coach. 
And they're like, uh, no. They're like, well, you could either live your life happy and be a coach or just be miserable forever. Like they just made this person feel like dog shit for wanting anything. Yeah. It didn't suit their narrative. So they definitely manipulated them Mm -hmm. into agreeing Mm -hmm. and with the tone of a completely petulant child. Shalaya doesn't talk very much at all in any of these videos. It's mostly Jeff. And she's in the background going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm, I can exactly. uh-huh. uh, Which I find is annoying. And yet also I'm glad that she doesn't talk that much because I find her annoying. I agree. So what's interesting to me is you see their initial videos where it's just the two of them. They're like, um, we meditated with the Divine Mother and she told us X, Y, Z, right? And now... It's all about God. God told us this is your twin flame. God told us that this is what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, what happened to Divine Mother? Did she get kicked out? Was she not palatable enough? Didn't sell enough? I would guess that that's more (laughs) on the right frequency, as it were. Because I think a lot of people have been raised familiar with God's teachings to some degree. So... Again, I think you're right that that makes it more palatable for folks to, I mean, look, if you're getting direct messages and by direct, I mean, filtered through people who are just telling you that that's Mm -hmm. the case, there's no proof. So, (laughs) you know, you've been told almost directly that this is what's up. Right. It's just crazy. The evolution is crazy because you watch them like. Okay, let me ask you something. Throughout this, they use the term spiritual. It's spiritualism. Arcelia made a point that she has always been a spiritual person, and this was a spiritual connection. What does that mean? Um, I think that it's unconventional religion, right? Like you don't buy into the big faiths, but you still want something. So you're kind of bopping around trying to figure out what that might be. So when you're talking about a spiritual connection, this was a total spiritual connection. Between people? Mm-hmm. I guess that's open to interpretation because I don't know that there's one specific definition for that. I don't either. I just, I think people use the term a lot and I don't necessarily know what they mean by it. I think they mean mm-hmm. something more than others. I feel like when people use the term spiritual, like I'm so spiritual or, or whatever, it's often said in almost a condescending manner. Like I'm more spiritual than you are. And that might not be the case, but that's how I feel most of the time when people say it. Um, yeah, I can get behind that. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of judgment in there, but to me, it's like people who want to sound deep. Like there probably are truly people who, um, I think you consider uh, people who are really into yoga. That could be considered spiritualism. Or, you know, I think there's lots of different things that, again, are not uh, your major religions that would be considered spiritual. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think it starts off with, Shalaya being very spiritual, bringing Jeff into her realm. And there were crystals. There were the the sound bowls. There was oh, the singing bowls. Yeah. Is that what they are? 
I know that because I'm spiritual. <laughs> yes, you are. The, you know, meditation and the, so they, they pick a lot of the Eastern religious stuff and now they're filling it. They're kind of peppering it in with Western religion of God. And I'm like, okay, it, it's interesting how it evolved, right? I guess they figure out what people want and they just give it to them. Well, I think if you're talking about evolution, I would really like to go back and talk about one of Jeff's early businesses that he was trying. So they do discuss a friend of his name, Eric, who was his bestie in high school. And I do love that they show pictures of these cats together and they truly look like every other friend, you know, not boyfriends, that's not right, but like dude friends um, that we've all been around. But after Shalaya and Jeff get back from Hawaii, they're looking for somewhere to crash. They live with Jeff's family for a little while and then they get sick of them and kick them out, which I think says a lot. And then they live with this guy named Eric for a time and he mentions that they do nothing but eat hot dogs for every meal, which I was like... Get the fuck out right that, now. Hot dogs is, for breakfast. That is the opposite no. of spiritual. Putting that shit in your mouth <laughs> is the opposite. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't know much about spiritual, but I'm pretty sure that ain't it. You don't think it, it comes in tubular meats? <laughs> With a lot of nitrates? Nice, yes, thank you. <laughs> Such a good chemist. <laughs> Woohoo! Okay, so it's hot dogs for every meal, which I would immediately kick them out. But they're still kind of trying to figure out where they're going to like put themselves out into the world. And Jeff comes up with this thing that I want you to know that he has a gift. He has a gift. He can heal you by talking about your trauma, your traumas, because we all know that physical manifestations of disease are really caused by trauma in the brain, like just whatever. So um, he has offered some kind of sliding scale business where um, he can talk to you for, you know, 20, 30 minutes and get rid of your migraine. And I'm like, just this migraine or like all migraines? Because listen, it wouldn't be a good service. Uh, people wouldn't be able to come back if he cured you all in one go, right? It's a continuous thing. You have to, be, okay. you have to have okay. something that people need again and again and again. So, okay. So he discusses that he had a session with a lady and cured her of multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, um, yeah, like the biggest is he will cure you from cancer just with some good old talking therapy. And um, a friend reaches out. Uh, this is another cat that went to high school with these guys. And he was like, Hey, just to point out that my mom passed away from, cancer in high school when we were all together in high school maybe not do this this is just not uh, tasteful and Jeff responds with some shit about well I didn't I didn't recognize my gift when we were in high school I, I would have cured your mother like that's what he says to this guy whose mom passed away and I'm like that's recorded that's that was written I hope there's a screenshot but yeah and so there's a lot of discussion at this point from the people that knew him, whether or not he truly believes that he's got a gift and he's healing people, or if he's just manipulating people out of their money. I think we all know which side the errands are going to land on. So <laughs> I don't want to speak for right. you, but I do know most of your viewpoints 
mm-hmm. on grifters. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, and then he evolves later to believe that he's like essentially Christ incarnate, right? He's, he's, what is the term he used? I don't know. Uh, Master Christ or Master Jesus, I thought. And I'm like, that's not even, that's not even good. And he's like, look, I got the blue eyes and the long hair and the beard. And I'm a white guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, historical, how can I even? We all know Jesus was a white guy. I've seen many a picture. Yeah, absolutely. He looked just <laughs> like you and me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, the evolution of, of starting off with, we just would like to share spiritualism with people to now I am Christ and I can heal people and you have to listen to me. And that's a, it's a pretty short timeline too. I mean, it's a matter of like five years, I think. Right. Right. From the- from the beginning of this to when, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're kind of called out for some of this stuff. They also pull the cult move of having their members do a lot of free labor for them. So mm-hmm. running the websites, designing things. I, I don't get the feeling that it's a lot of physical labor that we've talked about in some of the cults, but um, this is more of using your professional talents and skills to further the cause, but you're surely not being paid for that. You know, you need to contribute. No, you're being paid in accolades. You're getting, you're getting a good pat on the back and at a boy, uh, people will look up to you because you are called out by the ruse or something. I don't know. It's more status within the group. Yeah. What's funny is, so they get kicked out of Eric's house after he says, after Jeff says he can, you know, cure cancer. And Eric's like, please get out of my house. So they end up in some shitty ass apartment in Detroit. But eventually, because like we said, this has grown pretty quickly. Eventually they end up buying a house, a nicer house outside of Detroit. And as they start making more money, they start bragging about how much money they have. It was very... Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, but at least they were somewhat <laughs> nice about it. You know what I mean? They have, it, these two have no class. No. It's fascinating. At one point, Shalea actually says, who doesn't feel good seeing a good car drive by? I feel good about giving in that way. Like when we drive by in our nice car, you get to see us. You're welcome. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I also wrote that line down because I was like, they're just unable to be cool with having some money. They just flaunt it. It's such a strange dynamic, mm-hmm. the way they go about it too. Yeah, they are they're so openly flaunting it, and I'm just amazed because you have people who they talked to one girl who could barely afford the classes. She was taking the cheapest monthly mm-hmm. membership at like $111. She didn't have the money. She was like picking up extra tasks and that to try to get money to do this. And they're like, you should totally upgrade. And she's like, I would love to, I don't have the money. And they're like, Oh, well, God loves you. God will provide also here, apply for these credit cards. Yes. Which she got denied for thankfully, but mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's a pyramid scheme too. like borrow the money to pay for it. And then it will come back. You have to spend money to make money. That is definitely MLM. Oh, a hundred percent. 
I read a, I found a line in my notes that I wanted to make sure that I pointed out about another follower. This is Carly. We might've mentioned before. Mm -hmm. There's a part in this where she's discussing that her twin flame actually choked her Mm -hmm. and her coaches were like, they sent her to the mirror. You need to go and do some mirror work about that. Um, Not that they're scared for her life, not that, that she should leave her twin flame. Um, So I guess it's okay if they love you to death. Well, what did she do to cause it, Erin? What did she (laughs) do to cause that problem? Right. What was she wearing? Okay. Yeah. Because there, there becomes, it becomes more obvious to the followers and they start having questions. It's not working out for everybody. You have some situations like this where like, why is my twin flame running from me? Why is my twin flame violent in some cases? So they have to change their angle a little bit to satisfy the masses. So they start matchmaking to keep up appearances, which is really counter from what their first, you know, indoctrination was talking about, right? Like you're going to meet your twin flame just organically or spontaneously. Now it's like, no, 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 no. God told us. God told us this was your twin flame. Who your twin flame is. Conveniently, right among the group. Isn't that nice? Again, Mm -hmm. why does it have to be, uh, you know, it's not somebody like in India or like, you know what I mean? It's just weird to me. Like, convenient, all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, not convenient when more than 80% of the group are female and mostly heterosexual. Mm. Mm -hmm. But look. Not all the time because Maria Sophia, nope, Maria Sophie, whatever. She was matched up with a guy named Fabian. And I guess because they're both in Europe, because Fabian is a, is the cat guy. He was told to do the mirror work with his cats because they were being unruly. And he was like, yeah, look, everything worked out after I did the mirror work with my cats. <laughs> and so even though Maria Sophie didn't want to be twin flames with this guy. She was protesting. She's like, look, this is not, this is not my jam. I'm sure he's a lovely person, but Mm -hmm. this is not working for me. We'd never met. Even when we did, it was weird. And I just didn't, I just wasn't receptive. She -hmm. got heckled for it. It was a problem that she wasn't being receptive enough. And this is what God said. And I don't know why you think you know better than God. So how dare you? Was that the one where he said, I'm sick and tired of being disrespected by you, by you? Is that that one? Um, probably. Because, it's, yeah, he's like, don't you want to be happy? And she's like, I am happy. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, you can't possibly be happy single. Yeah. Yeah. What happens when they uh, don't like what you've said? Well, first, they bully you. So mm-hmm. he essentially was like, I-, I will not be disrespected by you, by you, blah, blah, blah. And Chilea was like, yeah, it's getting old. Like, that was her input. That's all she said the entire <laughs> documentary anyway right and then you get blocked you're essentially shunned as a Mm non-believer kicked out of the community which is again cult 101 if you're no longer going to follow you are getting kicked out you cannot talk to anybody these people can no longer talk to you i don't think they explicitly went into that but i'm sure it was implied well i do later discuss that there's a lot of threatening messages sent Mm -hmm. there's a lot of um dissuasion really for 
voicing some of those mm-hmm. unflattering opinions to the people that you knew that were also in the group. So I think it would be shocking and it would be hard to get kicked out of something that you've probably invested a lot of time and effort and possibly money into. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, I think we're all like, oh, thank God you got out. But still hard to be in the middle of that and be kicked out, uh, not on your terms. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, because they, they come on and they show video, but like, we have seven new harmonious unions. And it's like, well, that happened fast. If they, if these people have been going to these same classes together for a couple years now, and they all of a sudden became harmonious unions, that's not at all suspicious to anybody. Well, I think the best part for me is um, if these are all straight women, I mean, mm-hmm. the majority of them. And they get matched up. And then what happens? Right. So there's a big problem with them possibly talking people into changing their gender identity, actually changing their gender. So it goes into the, they have this idea. So initially it seemed like it was a big open LGBTQIA plus community, love who you want. It's fine. Obviously they're, you know, their cornerstone couple are a lesbian couple. But then they start bringing in this divine feminine and divine masculine. So you have to have a divine feminine, divine masculine in each relationship. And so they're kind of telling you which one is which. And then they decide that you outwardly have to match what you are. So if you're the divine masculine of the relationship, you now have to become a man and identify as a man. Why wouldn't you want to identify as a man? Clearly. I think the best example of that is the way he talks to Anne Mm -hmm. of Katrina Katrina and Anne. Mm -hmm. He starts calling her Anne the man and he starts asking her, why isn't Dan a good name? I think Dan is your new name. Like, and she's like, no, I'm cool. It's fine. I don't, I'm not interested in being a man. I'm happy the way I am. And he just hounds her and hounds her and hounds her about it. Um, it's very uncomfortable to watch. It is. It, it, mm-hmm. I can't imagine how it felt to be the one being attacked. Right. And he says some stupid shit. Like, don't you look at me and think, man, that's what I want to be. And, <laughs> um, I'm like, ew, no, no. <laughs> But he's like, I know what an I know an angry man when I see one, and that's you. I mean, like it's mm. fascinating. Again, um, I didn't have to deal with it, and it's funny because you think, well, you could just close your computer. But I also understand that that's not an option for something again that you're really invested in. So, yeah. But they were also making money doing this, right? So that's their income. They yes. can't just cut that off either. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they did agree to it on camera, which is what the ruse needed them Mm -hmm. to do because now it's okay Mm -hmm. to start pressuring everybody else or to further pressure everybody else because, you know, our flagship, you know, couple has agreed. So as soon as they're off the phone, off the call, they're pressuring Anne to like immediately change her name and you guys better change her name and you've got five minutes to change her name or else. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and you look real stupid arguing. You, it was just amazing how they kept saying shit like that. Like, you just look real stupid. I can't believe you would just argue with us like that. And I'm like, 
Jesus Christ, guys. Yeah, it's so juvenile. Mm-hmm. And I think watching it from the outside, that's really obvious. Like, these are not really well-structured arguments mm-hmm. from these guys. So if you continue to recruit mostly heterosexual cis, like Swiss women, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a better sell if you can say we're matching couples up, you know, masculine to feminine, which is probably more aligned with mo- most women were going in there wanting in the first place. It's, um, it's something. It is something. Another couple they match is Brienne. So mm-hmm. she is so heavily invested. She becomes a coach. She had to quit her job because she didn't have time to work and do this. Although I think it sounded like she was doing the coaching and that for free. Her mom made it sound like she wasn't making any money off of the work that she was doing. But they match her up. They say she has a twin flame and it's another woman. Brianna is a heterosexual woman. And this other woman was also a heterosexual woman. So that was interesting. And they end up having her fly out to live with them for a while. Which we see a little bit later on. So let's talk about the fact that there was a Vice article that came out about this group. It said, like, the headline was like, this YouTube school promised true love. Students say they got exploited instead. And, of course, Alice was upset because she's like, Jesus Christ, I got scooped. Because she's in the process of, like, working towards an article to try to expose these people. Um, This was the first article to have criticism from ex-members, essentially calling them a cult. And, of course, the ruse respond with denial. He said, I am powerful and the haters are going to want to stop me. That's just very common for cult leaders to say shit like that. The hate is going to hate, (laughs) you know. Right. So it kind of opens the door, though, for Alice to reach out to them directly and say, hey, I am a responsible journalist Mm -hmm. for Vanity Fair. And I would like to do a piece, you know, and I think that she structures her request in a way that's saying, I'm neither for nor against you. I mean, it's, she maintains journalistic ethics the whole time, but she's just like, I'd like to discuss the vice article with you and mm-hmm. like some of the criticisms that you guys may have mm-hmm. um, dealt with. So, and they're like, sounds great. Why don't you come to our joint in Michigan? Mm-hmm. And this was my favorite part of the whole thing. It was so surreal. Um, she flies out in the middle of COVID. This is like the middle of summer of COVID. So no one is going anywhere. And I love that she's wearing a mask the whole time in their house. And of course they're not, but they're in their own house, but still she's a little worried about going alone, which I appreciate. So she like tells her partner and her boss, like, this is where I am. If you don't hear from me in an hour, send help type of situation. Right. And she like turns on uh, not- like location stuff on her phone or her apps or whatever. So they will understand where she's at all the time. Because, I mean, you're kind of going into enemy territory. And again, I think that these two, Jeff and Shalea, are completely unaware that someone might not be swayed by them to write a flattering article. Right. Again, I don't think she's promised this. I think she's just like, hey, let's talk. Yeah, I think she phrased Mm -hmm. it like you said, like, hey, I saw the Vice article. 
do you want to address some of these questions that they've posed or some of the things that they've said? How do you want to address it? And she goes to their mansion. It's essentially a mansion um, and points out that it's like been five years. They went from living in the ghetto and moved all the way to lakefront property in a, you know, very exclusive community. You can tell they haven't lived there long because they're still, listen, they're still buying furniture because you have to custom order these things. It doesn't just come out of the store, Erin. It's, it's like they live like squatters in their own house. Like, and this is going to make me sound like a complete bitch, but the way they're dressed the whole time, you're like, what? And then they have like a TV, but it's still in the box and it's leaning up against the wall. Or they have a dining room table, but it's got a bunch of like mismatched office chairs around it. It's so weird to see the way that they live in this house. It's like they don't have any concept of how to furnish a house. You can hire people to do that. Yes. There's staging companies that yeah. will do that. Yeah. So that's what Alice went to see. How they how they act off camera. And boy, did she really get some inside information on that. Now, they are more than happy to discuss the stuff that you were talking about. Like, here's our custom uh, countertops and here's our whatever and here's our cars and I had to have a special like pair of sunglasses that I only wear when I'm driving the Ferrari or whatever and I'm like that's so incredibly douchey when you guys are sleeping upstairs with a mattress on the floor I mean it is fucking insanity it's a ten thousand dollar mattress though Aaron so (laughs) that's the important part (laughs) I am just like could you guys be more nouveau riche right Right. Yes. Something they did spend a lot of money on and have in the house, though, are two very, very large crystals that weren't necessarily crystals. They were like, you know, when you open the rock and you have like the amethyst crystals inside. So it wasn't like just one big pillar. Yeah, that does have a name. What the fuck is it? Uh, I don't know. I'm not spiritual enough. That's (laughs) obviously. (laughs) geodes they're geodes yes okay and they're beautiful yes they are i would like to have those in my house but i would not like commune with them yes i might give them names because that would be fun but that would yeah, be fun. sorry put i put the, the the wobbly eye things on them give them personality a santa hat at christmas time absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but shalaya communes with them daily And they speak to her and they've told her that one is masculine and one is feminine. I'm like, they're fucking rocks, dude. Do you think the more phallic one was masculine? That's what I assume. There was one that was very (laughs) phallic. (laughs) That's what I said. And that's how I know I'm 12. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we also find out that Brianna and Gabe live in the house with them and they're being exploited. Obviously they're like cleaning, although I'm not sure what they're cleaning and they may be doing some uh, other tasks, of course, without getting paid. But I was like, that's so gross. (laughs) Right. So this is really, this is where it becomes much more culty in my opinion. You have people living in your house. So I don't think they were the only couple, but they're the only couple that were discussed living in the house. And doing 
the free labor. So Gabe was female at birth, assigned female at birth, and was in theory a heterosexual woman until she was partnered with Brianna. Then they, the Ruse, decided that he was trans and he needed to start his transition. And so Brianna does the more domestic type work, which is more feminine in their world. And Gabe is being taught how to be a man by doing the more masculine work. And I don't know that you're going to learn that from Jeff, but what do I know? Thank you. (laughs) I don't think he's ever swung an axe in his life, but uh, Gabe was power washing. And I think I could get behind that. That seems like it'd be fun. Agreed. I love watching those videos. Mm -hmm. Totally do that. Um, So they're providing free labor in exchange for personal training is how it's presented. This is what they call the spiritual boot camp program. No, no. That's the only thing I can say about that is no. (laughs) What are they spending their time on? All they do is make videos all day. It's what it looks like. Multiple. Because like you said, you can only fit so many people on a Zoom call. So you have to do multiple trainings I a guess. day. I don't know. They do invite, coerce. I'm not sure. Alice ends up on a, <laughs> on a video. And again, mm-hmm. she's wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And she goes in with clear eyes to say, I know that they're going to try to leverage something out of me. Like I'm they're going to try to get me to agree to something or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. because never would they let an opportunity to um, capitalize on, you know, her credentials as a journalist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to try to exploit her. So they're sitting in um, whatever scene where they do the video and he's asking her something, but I keep forgetting. I forget what it is that he's trying to get her to say. I don't remember either. I do remember okay. that location is what Shalea called. This is where we film our sermons. And I was like, oh, that's what they are now. They're not classes. They're sermons. That was a little bit you. But no, I think he was trying to talk her into the fact that, you know, just their beliefs. Like, you know, you want to be with someone or, oh, you know, don't you agree with this or whatever he was saying? And she's yeah. like, um, no, <laughs> she didn't say no. She was very good about it. She was very diplomatic and she didn't mm-hmm. agree nor disagree. She kind of just skirted or weaseled out of the situation because she's a professional. Mm-hmm. But I do find it really funny that even later when the accusations that they're pressuring people to change genders and things like that. She confronts them about it. And they're like, I don't know how you would get that out of what happened on this video. And she was like, well, I saw the one with Katrina and Anne. It's very clear how you're acting and what you're trying to say and get them to do. And he was like, why? I just don't agree with that interpretation. Yeah. He said, those that say it did happen are lying about the reality and the true context of what was being communicated. That's a politician right there. It really is. It's some smooth talking. Mm-hmm. So yeah, since these two are surrounded by sycophants, and I'm very excited that I knew how to spell sycophants <laughs> for my notes. I didn't have to look it up, although I did confirm. Not that anyone's ever going to see these notes, but I felt good about it personally. That's all that matters. Yeah. So they believed that this would be a very flattering article from an adoring 
journalist. Mm -hmm. A fan, if you will. And they did not care for it when she didn't play to their whims, really, is what happened. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So she publishes the article in Vanity Fair. And it came out. And as soon as it came out, Jeff sent her an email. And apparently this was like paid by the word kind of email. It was very long. But he said, you must be going through a lot right now because we know what was published is not worthy of you. We believe the authorities at Vanity Fair felt threatened by who and what you discovered. But we know you know the truth. Et cetera, et cetera. It just went on at him. On and on. Yeah. Basically saying she was forced into publishing her article, which she was not. Mm -hmm. And... After the email, the Ruse published like a 7,000 word article. And I'm like, but where did they publish it? On their website? Because they're just preaching to the converted at that point. That's fucking stupid. But they trashed Alice, trashed the media. They claimed to have been deceived, of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. And she found out that there were a couple dozen members that left after the article came out. So that's what I read that. 7,000 word, whatever, uh, that they, they wrote as damage control Mm -hmm. because I think it was a hit to them and to their organization Mm -hmm. that there was a little bit of light cast on it. So, yeah. And when you see people that you knew have been there for a while leaving some of the original members leaving voluntarily and then speaking poorly about them, like we were deceived, this never worked. Now you have some of the newer members like, oh, maybe this isn't very good after all. Right. And right. they also started leaving. So Alice tells us a little bit about numbers for the cult and growth over time. So in 2016, when this was begun, they had about 70 members on Facebook. In 2020, Twin Flames had about 14,000 members. And in 2023, about 40,000 members. So now they seem to be more discreet, but they are still incredibly manipulative. I think they put more and more behind paywalls so you can only see if you're a member. Sure. I would like to think they'd become a little bit more subtle, but as we've seen with other cults, that's not how it goes. The more people you have following you, the more your ego grows and the more extreme you get. And you just want more and more and more. So I don't see this as becoming more subtle, just more Mm -hmm. extreme over time. They have been investigated a little bit by the 5-0, right? But unfortunately, according to the authorities, there's been really no crime committed. So these folks have willingly given money, yada, yada. So there's not really much that they can pursue at this time. It's it's in bad taste. Mm Mm-hmm. But as far as we understand from this documentary, no charges have been brought to them yet Mm -hmm. because you don't really need any credentials to run any kind of a spirituality business, according to Alice. How convenient. Mm -hmm. You just Mm -hmm. have to take people's money. My favorite line when the cops were talking to Jeff was, Jeff said, how am I supposed to brainwash someone to do something against their will? And I'm like, that's the entire point of brainwashing. What? Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
anyway. But I think that plays on that assumption that you have to be weak-willed or, you know, you have to be, there has to be something wrong with you, which you, is yeah. easy public perception because we don't want to think that this could happen to us. But I'm telling you, you catch somebody at the right time. Yes. Everybody's totally susceptible. Happen. And yes. that's why I think this one is particularly nefarious because it's, it's telling you it guarantees you love and everyone wants that deep down. I don't necessarily want a soulmate like that because that sounds exhausting, but still the idea of having someone like that is, is nice. Right. And so you're catching every single person might be ensnared in this and you're generally catching people at a bad time. So they're Googling that shit when they've gone through a breakup. So yeah, it's particularly bad in my opinion. It's the fact that it's still active is disheartening. It'll be interesting to follow the story and I hope no one else gets hurt. We can say they, that Brianna is now at home with her family. She did not want to be interviewed, but she did go home and she is healing. Her family did talk about the fact that it will just take time and love and she'll be okay, but it will take a lot of time to deprogram someone. So I also want to mention that Katrina and Anne are doing well after they were kicked out, after they did not agree to change Anne's name to Dan. It didn't go well, so they were blocked. But they have since been married and they are adorable and they are both living as the people that they want to be. So I was very happy to hear that they had a happy ending after really such a traumatic adventure. And again, I think it's hard because when I think of cults, it's like you're physically separated. You're not allowed to eat. They chop all your hair off and give you a weird name. So I don't think this really falls into that. But I agree it's it's insidious in a different way. It's controlling mm-hmm. in a new and different way. Yes. So thanks technology. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for when it changes over to the point where Jeff as the head cult leader, because Shalea is there and she might be the mastermind behind it all. We're not sure, but I'm waiting for the time when Jeff wants to take new lovers because as the head cult leader, we know they generally want to take all the lovers and no one else can have that. But I don't know how that'll work with this current scheme of you have one twin flame. And I don't think Shalea will deal with that. And I think that's when Jeff dies. <laughs> Mysteriously. Mm-hmm. Drowns off their their lakefront property. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whoops, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> right. I'm not saying that I want that, but I would read that book. Anyway. I enjoyed this. I thought it was really fast watch for a couple hours. I could not wait to get on to the next part of the story. So the three episodes just flew by for me. And I thank you for that because this was your recommendation. This was the Megan recommendation. I will not Uh, get credit for that. (laughs) But yes, very good. Mm -hmm. Do you have an honorary errand for this week? That was a tough one. Um, The easy Mm -hmm. answer is Alice because she was... Getting in, trying to get the information, trying to solve some stuff and trying to, she was very logical about how she did it. And she was trying to just kind of get the story out there so people would be aware. So I would, I'll just stick with Alice for this one. I dig that. Mm -hmm. I actually went with Brianna this time. Mm -hmm. I admire her for rebuilding her life. I think that's some serious Aaron energy and um, it's never too late to change your trajectory. Just something that's better for you. Mm -hmm. It is not easy. No. 
but it's never too late, correct? Yeah, so I enjoy that, and I wish the absolute best for her. And all of the people who have escaped and have yet to escape. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's not that bad to be single. <laughs> oh, no. I know that's so hard for people to hear, mm-hmm. but I felt very different about it at 25. Yeah. I think I've always been fairly independent and okay on my own, so I'm very mm-hmm. lucky in that way. But we as women have been conditioned mm-hmm. to feel like we have to be, we are not whole unless we are with someone else. We should be serving someone else. Someone else makes us who we are. We are no one without this person. And so it's hard to not be without that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have to, in my opinion, live a little bit for most people to understand that that's some bullshit. And if you choose to be with somebody, they better be the titties. You know what I mean? So. Okay. So what are we doing next week? Okay. Changing it up a little bit for next week. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do Millie Vanilli, mm-hmm. 2023 release. Mm-hmm. It's on Paramount Plus, hour and 46 minutes. And this is about the Millie duo. Vanilli. Yeah. <laughs> Bab and Rob from back in the day. So yeah, I'm very excited to watch. I am so excited and a little bit heartbroken because, you know, it's like watching the Titanic. You know what happens at the end. <laughs> yes. I know the ship's going to sink, so I just have to watch what happened before that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Like I said, I, I agree with you. I know that there's some sadness, but um, their music makes me so happy. And I don't care how it got made. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I think there are a lot of victims in this uh, in this situation. So Sure. Sure. But yeah, I love the songs. I grew up with the songs. So. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, everyone, I hope you're having a lovely November and we will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Later. Bye.